and welcome to our latest episode of the Your Plate podcast. I'm Maya Goodka. I am an executive coach and positive psychology researcher and practitioner. And I've got with me Arti. Hi, I'm Arti Bandari Shah. I'm a nutritional therapist. And a quick reminder for those of you who are new to our podcast of what we do. This is a conversation between an executive coach and somebody who is researching the latest thinking in positive psychology and a nutrition therapist. So bringing the cutting edge research from the world of nutrition as well as positive psychology and trying to make that evidence practical, useful and, you know, relevant to your daily lives. So we're still in January and January is a time for lots of things. Uh, in particular, we've already talked about Veganuary. We've talked about goal setting and now another topic which comes up a lot and comes up a lot for me in my conversations as a coach. People seem to send me a lot of messages saying, I've just cleared out my this, I've just cleared out my that. So I definitely am aware that there is a lot of energy around this time of year for decluttering. And so we thought we would do a couple of episodes just thinking through where, you know, we are in our decluttering journey, some different processes and approaches that you can use. And hopefully this will inspire you to take your decluttering journey a little bit further. Arati, you you had a particular accountancy perspective on... on... <laughs> January the 31st is the personal tax deadline, yeah, isn't the it? Self-assessment. The self-assessment yeah. online. And so I feel like that is always looming over people's head just after Christmas. Everybody puts it off. And having been an accountant before, I know that January is crazy. Yeah. So I feel like it's also an opportunity for people to get all their paperwork and admin and bank statements in order. So it's an, yet another really important opportunity to get your life in order. Exactly. So you've had all the new nice stuff for, from Christmas, hopefully not too much of it. You make space for that with your decluttering, send lots of things to recycling, but then you also have an enforced deadline often to sort your paperwork out and get your finances in order. That's true. So January 31st, we should all have moved forward on our admin and our decluttering. Yeah. If not, you'll be fined £100. That's true. There's, there's, a, there's an actual penalty <laughs> for those of us who have to file tax returns. So... Arthi, where would you say you are on a scale of 1 to 10 in your decluttering journey? 10 being you are Marie Kondo. So, mm, okay. I would say around a 7 or 8. Okay. I generally don't like too much clutter in the house. Um, naturally, it's always going to accumulate when you've got, not always, but generally with kids, they just create a bit of a bombshell everywhere they go. Yeah. Um, especially after Christmas, there's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. And by that, I also mean like lots of nice stuff as well, presents, but it can get a bit much. So what I like, well, I don't, I don't know what your process is around Christmas, but you get loads of gifts and actually there's just too much. So I let the kids choose a couple of things they want to play with and then I'll put all the extra things away and then I'll bring them out at a later date. Yeah. So it's just... So it's just not overwhelming yep. um, about, for them um, and for, for me as well. Okay, so that is why you're a seven or an eight because you've yes. done a good amount yeah, of organization so. on that. Yes. And then what about your admin, your finance admin? Hmm. Okay, so that has not been as good as I wanted it to be. Um, and uh, But yeah, the tax returns are all are, are pretty much done. So oh, that's why I'm giving myself a seven or an eight. Well done. <laughs> that's pretty good, especially yeah. when 10 is Marie Kondo. Yeah, so I think <laughs> so yeah, I'm two pretty, steps away from being yeah, Marie Kondo. Yeah, I, like, I mean, do you know what I think is? I the, when, when things are organized in my house and my paperwork's in order, I just feel a sense of clarity. Yeah. Well, I've set foot in your house and it is a definitely a place of calm and okay, clarity. Really? It, you, you you run a tight ship. Right? Okay, good, good. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> okay, so Maya, where do you think you are on a scale of one to 10? 
I I would I'm feeling quite optimistic at this point. I'm on an eight or eight and a half. Mm. Yeah. And this is for a number of reasons. One, because every January I do do quite a lot of decluttering. And so I take I try and take it one step further each year. So last year I went around to my parents' house because according to Marie Kondo, you are not officially decluttered if you have not taken you know all the stuff that's left you can't dump things at your parents house for example right. so I went and cleared out all of that so all of that is now in my home and I right. went through all of that this year how have I deepened it well my husband and I are having a little um, battle off mm-hmm. so we have our places that where we accumulate clutter are our desks because we both have a working from home desk yeah uh, and we also our bedside tables and so we're having every week a little competition judged by our six-year-old mm-hmm. um as to who has got like the shiniest desk and my husband has got some real tactics here because he like stuffs things into drawers <laughs> and like you know finds all these other places instead so he failed last week right, okay. despite the fact that my how daughter did, had how did judged get, him to how, win how did he get found out because you see him doing that <laughs> because Espionage. those are shared drawers okay. <laughs> and so he was he'd basically taken over all of these drawers with all of his stuff anyway so who's winning so, on the battle of what did you call it the battle of the, the declutter battle oh, the declutter <laughs> battle who's winning yeah. Um, so as it stands, last week was a no, he failed. So there was okay. a no because he... Okay, so you basically cheated. the point you're trying to make is that you're winning. Oh, and by the way, there are some really good forfeits. So the forfeits are that whoever doesn't win each week has to get the bottle of milk ready for my son, who still has one bottle of milk ready for him every night. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a drag. And the other one is that if we one of us has to sleep with, the, with each child, there's like a bad bed and a good bed because their bunk bed is really uncomfortable. So that person has to be in the bunk bed with the... <laughs> child so there's actual proper forfeits just like the tax return penalty yeah because my husband and, and bless my husband he's actually come up with this so I really felt like I was doing my declutter journey on my own at the end of December mm-hmm. but he's really stepped he's up so and that makes me and that actually gives me a lot more energy so that's why I feel like I'm more on an eight and a half I just wanted to add a couple of other things to you know what you discussed around Christmas and how you've just put away some of the new stuff. We have got something called the shop right now in our house. And this is a whole bedroom. This is a spare room where because we have a birthday and then Christmas and lots of really, really nice stuff. And I'm not in a position to say, look, does each of these things spark joy? Like I'm not in that point right now. I put it all into the shop. And so with the children over the Christmas holidays, every day they had a, a toy of the day so they could really enjoy and focus focus on one toy and that just meant that they were not overwhelmed by the various choices and then let's say we ran out some of the stuff was in the shop but that's monitored by myself so they can't just go and get it because otherwise they would take things and scatter the pieces everywhere whatever so we've got lots of extra nice things in the shop the reason why I'm doing this is because I listen randomly to a podcast called um, The Art of Decluttering I don't listen to it all the time but one thing they talk about is shopping your home first when you need things so I've kind of put everything including lots of extras so then my husband found too many bags and obviously we don't want to throw away bags or get rid of them so they've gone in the shop so when we don't know you know where the bags are we can just Mm. go into and it's all laid out the beauty of this room is that rather than being stuffed away into a corner where you don't know what's going on Mm. when you're busy so it's much easier to kind of walk in it's like a walk-in you know and you can see where everything is and it has you know some space to breathe uh, as Marie Kondo would like to say she likes all her items to breathe did you know um, yeah so I was going to say I actually like that idea because even though I have very good intentions and I've put the extra items away my concern and actually it's just it's just appeared that I may actually forget the stuff that I've put in the cupboard well that's what used to happen to us out of sight out of mind exactly so actually what you're doing laying it out so that you know that it's there it will remind you to actually write oh well kids right so you're bored with that toy now 
couple of weeks later, do you want to go into the shop? I love that idea. It's yeah, really and they, they know about the shop as well. So they're like, oh, mummy, can I go into the shop? I'm like, well, not, not without me. And when you finish playing that, you need to go and put it back in the shop. Or, like granted when they go and dump that lovely puzzle back in the shop it's not put away as properly as I would right. like it's sort of spilling around but at least they understand that it goes into this home look I understand that everyone doesn't have a spare room that is just waiting to be used like this and my intention is that ideally you know once the January kind of accumulation sort of dies down that we will not have the need for it but if you can have some some dedicated mm. space to yeah, it yeah. I think it can be really nice you know a really yeah. nice use of space so that's another thing we do the other one I wanted to mention was, you know, when you're having one of those bigger kid parties and you just know you're going to be inundated with gifts. You, that for me, I'm a, at heart, I'm a minimalist. Like I'm, I was happiest when I literally had like this little backpack with me and no stuff. Like I'm just not somebody that I'm an underspender. I don't like making decisions about buying. Like I just hate the whole thing. So for me, I get anxiety at the idea of my daughter having a birthday party mm. and then coming home with like 30 gifts it just literally gives me stress because I'm the one that has to manage it all mm. like I, unfortunately uh, my husband's you know sort of mindset is not on managing clutter in the same way so uh, one one birthday we took a leaf out of a book of a, another mum friend who suggested uh, who had asked for at, at, at their daughter's birthday not to have uh, gifts and instead people often gave books and so what we said was no gifts if you want to please give a recycled favorite old favorite book we didn't really get that many recycled books we got quite a lot of new ones but I can tell you my blood pressure was so so good when we were opening all these gifts a month before Christmas mm. um, and just getting book after book after book and restocking mm. you know her library yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. so nice such a lovely idea yeah so that's another little thing that I have done around this time of year um, which has helped but what we wanted to do in this episode and next is apart from talking about our own approaches, we wanted to talk about some of the, you know, well-known approaches are out there and also give you, you know, some of the lesser known or f forgotten kind of science and thinking around decluttering and why we should even bother doing it. And Arati, you know, we've got about three reasons, haven't we, uh, from the kind of, from the literature about yes. why, uh, why declutter. And I think some of these are really nice to kind of give you extra boost. Yeah, definitely. I was doing some reading around it. And actually, I, I was surprised at actually how many neuroscientists explore the subject of decluttering. That's quite in your space as well, isn't it? Positive psychology and clarity. And um, there was a really interesting study that I found in Princeton, which found that clutter in the environment actually competes for our attention. And this negatively affects our performance. And you've said it yourself, kind of it induces this state of stress when you have lots of stuff in your environment, not for everyone. Yeah. But generally when things are messy, there's stuff yeah. strewn, all, strewn all over the rooms, you can't kind of, you know, see clearly because there's just stuff everywhere. So I could, yeah, I could actually relate to that. And that was really interesting that it's competing for our attention. Okay, that is such a great piece of insight that I want to then add to that one of the methods around decluttering. Mm. Yeah, that this is a perfect opportunity for me to do that. And we'll come back to some of your other points yeah. in a minute. Most people now, and especially those of you listening to this podcast, are familiar with Marie Kondo and her approach, which is all about making sure that everything around you sparks joy. And this is a great thing. And I have definitely been through that process a few times. And it can be emotionally exhausting because you're having to put that sort of level of attention and emotionality into every single one of your possessions. So one thing that I think is really important is that if you haven't done that much decluttering over the course of your life and then you start to approach the Marie Kondo way, 
you may be in for a really tough ride and you may ne- not get to the end of it. Instead, there's another approach, which is also on Netflix um, as a TV series called Consumed. And this is, is my, my daughter actually has asked me if we can watch it together because she's seen me watching it before. And here what they do is they go into these crazy overwhelmed houses uh, in America uh, where they actually have a lot of space and it makes you remember how much decluttering is a first world problem because they have a lot of space uh, and a lot of toys often. Mm. Um, And what they do is they go in and they, they clear out the entire house. They leave in 10 possessions per individual in the house including with no screens so everyone has to choose what those are and they have to live minimally that's quite extreme yeah but it's a tv show right okay (laughs) this is not what i'm suggesting you do but i want to share you know the kind Mm. of the approach and then how we can apply it to ourselves really fascinating um obviously they keep uh, you know some basic um living things like cooking things and plates and stuff like that so that they can eat and sleep properly so that all this goes to a warehouse for two weeks and then they live in this very minimal decluttered way and they reconnect they uncover all the emotional issues that have been basically generating a lot of this mess and often that can i mean in a couple of instances this is a led to sort of relationship breakups or makeups and all kinds of things after two weeks they have to go to the warehouse and they have to they're allowed to take back only 25 percent of their stuff that Mm. is sitting in the warehouse and they have to make that decision they've obviously had these two amazing weeks of living without it all and have come to new realizations so then as a family they make those choices and then the beauty of this show and I'm quite jealous of this while they've been away their house gets like redecorated by these amazing interior designers who make it really fun Uh, so their house gets spruced up and then they go back so obviously that's the tv show but the I have decided to take that principle into the way that we declutter at home. So especially after Christmas, the idea of sitting through everything going, does this spark joy is just not, mm-hmm. not going to work. So instead, along with the neuroscience that you've quoted, what I try and think about is that particular space, like whether it's a playroom, whether it's study, what does that space need in it? So I take everything out of the space and then I only put back what is actually needed in that space. Okay. So... Everything else will literally go into like boxes and bags and it goes just out of the way. And Arthur, you've actually talked to me about something like this. Like you will sometimes just have a miscellaneous box for like yes, all the junky yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, I do, yeah? I do, yeah. So I, this is about removing miscellaneity, but not forcing yourself to have to deal with all of it mm-hmm. in that moment. That's the whole point of having the miscellaneous box because you can basically have somewhere to dump it because you can't be bothered to think about it. And at the point that you're ready to think about it, exactly. you sort it out. So what we're doing is we're disentangling uh, decision-making mm. around all that sh- crap, mm. yeah? And the space that we need to live and operate and thrive in. Yeah. And so I think it's a really useful... So when people are looking at this going, like, I really cannot deal with this right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what do you need in that space? Take everything else away, put the stuff back, allow yourself to function. And then the best bit of this is it gives you distance between all that junk and yourself. So when you do choose to revisit it in a month or two, it's already lost so much value that it's mm. easier to dispose of. Okay, so there's a, almost like a, uh, a little parking, a temporary parking space for parking these Parking space, shop, you oh, know, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, okay. And so this is what I, so I've got some family members who are just completely overwhelmed by some of their stuff. And this is the method that I advocate for them. I'm like, don't buy Marie Kondo. You're just going to be... It's too much. Yeah, you're just too perfectionist as it is, yes, which is yeah. what's caused all the clutter. Yeah. The other dis- the other distinction I just want to make is between, you know, sort of surface level tidiness and declut- like decluttered. So I would get- give myself a high mark on my deep decluttering, you mm. know, but my surface level tidiness is not always that great. Okay. And so 
that's because I hate doing repetitive things like cleaning the kitchen sink and dealing with that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And what about so, your desk, your work desk? Would that tend to be, do you need a tidy desk before you start working? I, I much prefer it, but when I'm really overwhelmed with research and masters and mm-hmm. you know things, it can it can stack up right, and then I can yeah. just kind of go like that and just focus and, and work. Yeah. And it's not ideal, but that's why my husband and I have this challenge right now because we know <laughs> that it is good to have the clear desk. Yeah. And before it mounts up, we want to just keep it in a good way. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I just wanted to put that method out there yeah. as an alternative to Marie Kondo. Did you have any? Yeah, I wanted to say, um, I watched a similar, that program that you watched, there was a series on normal TV where they had hoarders. Have you ever seen that? But the level of of hoarding was so shocking. I mean, people, they could barely move in their house. And I think it actually, there was actually a condition, a mental condition. Yeah. And it was pathological hoarding. And then what happened was when the physical space became so cluttered, people's physical well physical appearance so they were taking less interest in what they were they couldn't even get to their clothes so they were wearing clothes for days on end and it would just start to come go from their 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 personal space their home environment to their actual physical being and and it's just how that connection between your environment and your Amazing. physical being so that just made I love me think, that extreme it's like when you take extreme. it to extreme you can suddenly see that connection very yes, visibly yeah and but how it impacted us- and it, how it also impacted their mental well-being so there's even studies that I was reading which were showing how this kind of hoarding obviously that's very extreme but even certain levels of hoarding can in some instances even be linked to depression which I found really quite fascinating absolutely and um, then for us we've both said that our husbands are possibly have hoarding tendencies <laughs> yes yes so my husband is really into planes so he had I mean he's sort of in his late 30s now but he has plane magazines from when he was 16 <laughs> and they've been duly kept in their plastic covers so they've never been read 20 years on you know I was like let's do clear out let's just get rid of them for five years, he's like, no, no, I'm going to read them at some point, which is a joke. Yeah. I mean, you've not read them for 10 years yeah. and uh, 15 years. You've never read years. them even when they so, first arrived. So, I mean, I just threw them all out in the recycling because I was like, it's ridiculous. Okay, you are and not what happened? Read. What happened? Like, did he ever ask you about them? I mean, I was a bit scared to tell him. Yeah. But I said, come on, this is ridiculous. It's been 15 years now. So, I told him. He was annoyed, but he also realised this, this absolute stupidity of holding on to magazines for 15 years. Yeah. I mean, it makes <laughs> so me... I, I, don't, I, I don't know what the psychology is behind it, because you're not going to read it, but yet you want to know that they're there. So I don't really well, understand Well, I think it. it's just... Today, there is thankfully so much out there on decluttering that mm. most people have moved their mindsets forward, but some people have still got that lovely, like, sentimental sort of attachment to mm. things. And also, I think there's an element of a, this weird survival instinct so my husband's like well you know but that might be useful next year when we do x and I'm just like you won't even be able to find it in all of your stuff so I think there's a sort of a a dichotomy of thinking going on where the whole point of being decluttered is that everything has a home when you need it you can find it but when you've got so much stuff and you don't even know where to begin with it when you actually need the stuff it's not even to hand so this is a a challenge and is there a rule because you know for example with the wardrobe the rules are sometimes if I haven't worn it worn it in a year, yeah. it's going out. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any kind of rules like that with? No, I mean, because 
as we've said with the shop concept and the this art of decluttering podcast that I listened to, I love the idea that you can rediscover things later, but they just need to be not in your daily space. Mm, you know, I don't okay. think you can have those kind of rules. One rule that I do find quite nice was from interior designers, which is that apparently 10% of your house, your square footage should be storage. So I think that's a nice one for thinking about how you manage your, your things and from a functionality mm. perspective. Did you have some? Yeah, well, also on the interior design, um, I don't know if anyone's heard of or whether you've heard of Vastu, which is the ancient Indian art of uh, the science of architecture, actually. And it's widely used in India. And the Chinese version is Feng Shui. Yeah. Feng Shui. Yeah. And that's very popular. And oh, so is Vastu like Vasti, which is the Gujarati oh. word for stuff? Okay, well, I don't know about that. but that's, it must I'll, be. I'll look that up. It might be Vastu. The word is Vastu, and it's basically the, the Indian version of Feng Shui in China. And it's all about how the energy flows in the homes. And so the architects, if you want to have your house designed in that way, will actually position certain rooms in certain positions and take into account the sun and where the sun is coming into those different rooms. And what one thing I was reading, and I love this phrase, is that underpinning the whole planning of the property and also the positioning of where the toilets are in the house, which way the beds face, um, the doors, the, you know, which way the stairs are spiraling and things like that, is that you want to have a spine of light in your home. And I just thought that phrase was really interesting, sort of the spine in your home, the backbone, the fan, you know, if you think about a human body and how the spine holds you up, so and then this flow of light, the flow of light, that. and the flow of energy, and this the, in feng shui, it's the whole concept of chi, yeah, and feng shui, it's the cosmic forces. So I think it's water and air and yeah. the energy flow. So it's really interesting that in the Eastern philosophies, this is actually a a science, yeah, as part of their interior design concept. So. Uh, I don't I mean I don't think there is anything in western culture that's like this but I can actually see I can I can understand if you you know if you think about where the light comes into your house which windows so you know some people say well the back of the house has more light in the afternoon and that's really nice we like spending time there in the afternoon because it's really sunny and it actually does engage and it changes your mood doesn't it this in, is in your just, home. This is amazing because we're actually at that process right now with the home renovation and thinking about interior design and mm. all of that. And you know that feeling when you walk into some people's houses and it's just got this great feeling about it. And not and usually it's to do with the amount of natural light in the home. Yeah. I think. And I, so I've just had that principle that I'm trying to design for light and mm. you know make sure that for every amount of light that we might end up having to block off we're kind of adding so much more but actually I think there's more to it I think this flow of energy thing is is so important mm. and you're just reminding me that when we go through this process I, I wouldn't mind having a bit of a, yeah, a, a feng shui sense check or a yeah a you can get, I think you can get books on it and it, you know, it doesn't have to be so you don't have to be so stringent with it I'm not I'm not, I'm not an expert in any of it but I think it's just basic things like I believe that the Chinese especially the front door they're very particular about the front door. And in some instances, if the door is on the front of the house and that is not the right position for Feng Shui, they will actually build a little porch and put the door on the side. Wow. So where have I seen that? Oh, there's somebody a few doors down from me who did that. I was like, why are they moving the position of the position of their door? And I found out because they're Chinese and it wasn't good Feng Shui to have the door on the front of the house. Wouldn't so it be cool side. if you could invite yourself over to that person's house and walk in see and just feel did. what the yeah, energy's true. like and yes, just see if yeah. you could get that energy yeah, maybe from, from it? Maybe I'll take some sugar around. Yeah. <laughs> or some chai, yeah. some, some Indian tea. <laughs> okay, so we've digressed a little bit, but I think what's nice about this is that when you do some nice decluttering and then you can appreciate in your home that 
impact. It's great to have that knowledge that there are these additional benefits like the energy flow and the light flow and how these can all positively impact you. I think it's always good to have extra rationale for why you're bothering. And also also to encourage the other people in your house if they're not on board of these benefits. Yeah, and also I think on a very simple level, when you walk into a room where there's less clutter, you it just feel you feel lighter. It feels quite orderly. Well, for me, I, I guess it depends on your mindset. But you know, when I go to people's houses and things are quite tidy, it just feels a bit feels quite organised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's not obviously always the case. But you know, even after you do a quick tidy up at the playroom, you're like, oh, thank God, you know, you can actually see the floor in this room. Exactly. I like. I good. wish decluttering was my my form of relaxation because <laughs> I think it could be. It's a lovely hobby because oh, you know. Right. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it's not a hobby for me. Is it a hobby for you? No, no. but I'm gonna, I'm working on that. Yeah. <laughs> and and you had a great tip for that, which is the music. Oh, yes. Playing music when you have to do any big clear out or even sorting out through your admin. And the louder, the better. Apparently, it helps you to keep going with that task for three times as long. I don't know who does these studies. I'm always really interested to know where they... I think a lot of positive psychology researchers do this. There you go. Okay, there you go. So I was really interested to know that you're going to... You will be more engaged in that decluttering cleanup task th- for three times as long, which I thought was like, you know, that's a con- considerable amount of extra motivation that just putting music on you delivers. Have, I think that is, that's is brilliant. So, and this is what I do when I involve my children into tidying because this is what they do at school. So I hadn't realised, but what they do at school, to, you know, how do they keep these places in mm. order or nurseries? So one of the things, they had a specific, and they shared with me the music that they put on. And it's like some speedy music. So oh. they put on the speedy music and then they start tidying up. So we often put up a, a tidy up song and my, my kids ref- will request the song mm-hmm. and then that will be the impetus for us to get going. And often we will then carry on beyond that one song and just do another yes. one or two. And I have to say that over time, my kids are learning better how to tidy so they they are improving and that reminds me I remember at nursery um there was a tidy up song it's sort of like tidy up tidy up I don't know the words of it and actually so it's really good that they try and engage children in the concept of keeping their environment quite tidy it's it's brilliant yeah it's really good because we have one problem right now which is I seem to still be the person who can find the stuff bless my daughter she's got glasses she loses them you know she might lose a book and they're not quite yet you know able to sort of be fully accountable for Mm. all of their stuff and so I'm really hoping that over time they will start to be able to have that more personal management because I think that's an extension of this like knowing where your things are knowing where they live kind of having that mindfulness of, of that so okay so we have covered a little bit about that background of why why we would declutter and the different methods we're going to wrap up here and in the next episode we're going to get into a couple of areas of detail so we're going to think about the kitchen because we've got Arti who is super organized uh, on the kitchen front and we're also going to think about digital decluttering because that's something I embarked on last year and I would like to take people through that process a little bit but also talk about my personal challenges currently with it and finding a way to make this viable so thank you so much for listening if when we were rating ourselves out of 10 you gave yourself a little score please do share it with us or you know it's middle middle of January right now give yourself a score and then Let's check in again at the end of January after the 31st and see whether you've managed to move up a couple of notches uh, on your zero to Marie Kondo decluttering scale. Thank you so much for listening and we'll join you next week.